When you think about the population that we serve and you think about the amount of individuals that live in Harris County, you know, um, access to care is not a catchphrase. It's it's reality for those that we, we serve on a daily basis. Welcome to season two of the Harris Health Heartbeat. As always, we will share heartfelt stories from leaders across our organization who bring their authentic selves to the conversation. So join us and discover how you can learn to lead with love. The beat goes on, so let's jump into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to a new episode of Your Harris Health Heartbeat. Today, I am smiling and I am excited to be able to spend some time with our Executive Vice President and Administrator for Ambulatory Care Services, Dr. Jennifer Small. Jennifer, welcome to The Heartbeat. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we dive in to uh, some exciting topics, I'd love for you to share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself uh, and maybe your journey here at Harris Health. Can you share your background and and the path that brought you to your current role and uh, what that entails? Sure. So just a bit about myself. Um, I am a native Houstonian. Um, My family actually came to the States from Ghana in the early 70s and um, was born on the East Coast. But as a toddler, we moved here to Houston. So I've been in the Houston area for that duration of time. Uh, Went to school in Fort Bend County at Willow Ridge High School. Go Eagles. And then from there, transitioned to um, University of Texas at Austin. Go Horns. Um, And from there, I was received my master's, my bachelor's degree and transitioned back home to Houston. Um, I've been in the Houston area um, and started my career off at UTMB in Galveston as an audiologist. And from there, transitioned to LBJ Hospital. A bulk of my career has been at Harris Health System. Um, Worked at LBJ as a clinician for about five years, then transitioned to Texas Children's for a couple years and did what most people do. You leave to come back home and made my way back to Harris Health and functioned as a director at Gulfgate Health Center in ambulatory care. And so my career, my entire career from UTMB to LBJ and on back to Harris Health in ambulatory care has always been within the ambulatory environment. Um, Love what I do. Um, Couldn't imagine doing anything else and um, just have progressed throughout my career at Harris Health. Outstanding. Outstanding. So let's let's go ahead and jump in. And in terms of ambulatory care services, we call we love ACS. You oversee a wide range of services, including uh, supporting and engaging our health centers, specialty clinics, mobile health units, our amazing health care for the homeless program. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about these services and just as importantly, why they matter to this community. So within ambulatory care services, what's important to note is that at Harris Health System as a whole, um, we have about 38 points of entry um, and 35 of those are located within ambulatory care services. Our footprint is such that we have locations all throughout Harris County. We see about 1.6 million visits within the ambulatory setting. So so we're far north as as at our Squatty Lions Health Center, as far east as Baytown Health Center in the Baytown area, and as far west as Katy in Danny Jackson Health Center. So we're spread throughout Harris County. Our goal is to ensure that we meet patients where they are, 
Um, those that we serve are primarily the underinsured or under medically served communities as well. So one thing that we are at Harris Health is that we are um, very diversified in terms of the offerings that we have for patients within our um, regional communities. Um, ambulatory care includes a myriad of services, as you mentioned before. Um, we have our health centers that provide both primary care from family medicine, pediatrics, geriatric services, as well as specialty care services like rheumatology, endocrinology, and the like. But in addition, what's most important is that we also provide supportive services for patients. So if they need a case manager or a care manager, if they need nutrition services, those services are also available on site. In many of our locations, we also have on-site imaging services, whether that be mammography, whether that be radiology, also lab, and as well as pharmacy services. So again, we try to be as comprehensive as we can because we know that the communities where we're located, you know, transportation certainly can be a barrier. But in addition to our primary care health centers, we also have specialty clinics. So, of course, most people know about our specialty clinics that are on the Bentob and the LBJ campuses, but we also have a standalone specialty clinic in Smith Clinic, not too far from the medical center as well. In addition, we have pediatric-only facilities that are localized in the Pasadena area and also do northeast near LBJ Hospital, where we provide not only general pediatrics, but pediatric specialty services as well, so that, again, we can be all-encompassing for our most young, our youngest patients that we do serve. And also we have dental center, a dental center that's freestanding in addition to having a Quinton Meese, which we've recently reopened. Um, that facility houses our dialysis center as well as our um, Thomas Street HIV Center. And soon to be opening, very soon, is our colonoscopy um, center that'll provide um, endoscopy services for our patients as well. Very, very excited about that particular location and that we'll be able to almost double the capacity of patients that we're currently seeing that need colonoscopies. Wow. But but some some things that are unique to our program is that many are not aware of the footprint that we have with our homeless program where we have homeless clinics that are embedded within homeless shelters. We have a medical vans and a dental van for a homeless program as well. And, you know, just, you know, we try to be wherever the patients are, whether they're under the bridge or if they happen to be in a shelter, we're there to help to provide care for those patients as well. But we have a whole plethora of services, even outside of special of ambulatory care that we also support for our system for from referral center, operator services, you know, again, just a myriad of virtual care services that are needed for our system as well that we also help to support. So there's a couple of points that you made that I really want to, to highlight. And you mentioned Quentin Meese and uh, Thomas Street. You mentioned Pasadena Peds and Cleveland Oldham in terms of our pediatric clinics. Uh, and the, But the phrase that really resonated with me and resonates with me in terms of who we are as a system is meeting our patients where they are, where they are. I wondered if you could elaborate a little bit more on that and why that's so important, not only to this community in terms of Harris County, but in, in generalization of healthcare as a whole. When you think about the population that we, we serve, and you think about the amount of individuals that live in Harris County, you know, um, access to care is not a catchphrase. It's it's reality for those that we, we serve on a daily basis. And barriers to access to care is a very real issue. 
And so for us, it's most important for us to ensure that we are co-located in an area of need. We tend to have our locations in areas that you typically wouldn't see other um, healthcare institutions, because again, that's where we are. We're there to bridge that gap. Now, um, one thing I will say is that we could not do this without the partnership that we have with our medical school partners from Baylor College of Medicine, UT Health from McGovern Medical School, as well as MD Anderson. So the faculty and the staff that you see there, they also help to support our patient populations as well because we were all jointly committed to providing care for those that are most in need. One of the things that I also wanted to highlight is that with the bond referendum, that's also our our, our promise to the community to continue to expand our footprint in areas of need that are also um, underutilized and really don't have the resources to provide the level of care that we be able to provide. The work that we do, we also partner with our federally qualified health centers in the community because, yes, they may have family medicine and pediatrics, but those specialties that patients may need access to from general surgery, urology, orthopedics, we're the ones that are able to provide that to those that are in need. So when we provide health care, we're not only providing health care to patients that are within our footprint, within our clinics, but also to patients that attend the FQHCs that need that specialty care that they're unable to receive within their local FQHC. You know, in thinking about that, it's it's a community, right? I love that you mentioned our partners within that too. Let me ask you this question. Obviously, ser- you know, serving such a diverse uh, and often underserved population, that can be challenging. What, in, in terms of how we look at this and model it from a system standpoint, how does the Harris Health System, how do we adapt, right, in terms of the services that we provide to really meet the unique challenges of this community? Well, I think one of those things that we do is that we invest in supportive services, right? When you go to many healthcare institutions, you don't often see what we call care management, case management, and social work on site. You don't often see nutrition services on site. You don't often see um, many um, behavior therapy services as well as uh, mental health, uh, other mental health providers on site. So we really try to make a concerted effort to provide as much as we can within comprehensively within each of our locations. So not just the clinical services you would receive from your the physicians and nurse practitioners and physician assistants, but also those allied healthcare professionals that are also there to provide additional resources and support for the patients that we serve in our communities. So, you know, we talked about uh, investment, right? Uh, and the successes that come with that investment. I was hoping you could share maybe a recent success or, or achievement Um, in ACS, in our ambulatory care services department that you are particularly proud of? You know, um, I will say one thing I am most proud of regarding ambulatory care services is not just the collaboration that we have, but also the quality outcomes that we have for our patients. Um, Most recently um, in ambulatory care services, we were awarded um, target BP or target blood pressure recognition. This is a recognition that was designated by the American Heart Association and the American Medical Association. And with that, we were recognized as a silver award recipient for our health system. And so essentially what that means is that for the patients that we serve, they were able to have their their blood pressure controlled. Now, each of our health centers received this recognition. 
Now, two of our health centers received gold level recognition, meaning that 70% of the patients that they served are controlled with their blood pressure rate. So that is just outstanding for us to receive that award. When you look at all the recipients of that award across the country, we're in good company with many of our fellow medical institutions that are here within the Texas Medical Center that were also on that list. And to know that each and every one of our health centers received silver or gold level recognition is something that we're most proud of. Wow, that's amazing. It makes me think of, you know, this coming year, we're in an Olympic year. And to know that each one of those, our clinics is on at least that silver podium stand, right? <laughs> Let alone the two that are, are singing gold, I think is really, really outstanding. So amazing kudos to to those teams and to the continued commitment to supporting that population. So I want to ask you a question just about your own development, um, especially from a leadership perspective. So as a leader who's dedicated her whole life to healthcare and to the betterment of, of humanity, if you will, what are some of the strategies that you employ uh, to ensure that not only Harris Health System remains at the forefront of, of truly providing high-quality health care services to the community, but specifically within uh, the AC, ACS model that, that you support? You know, some of the things that um, I really key in on is, one, we can't do it alone, and it, it truly does take a village. And so my approach is generally to look at how do we collaborate how do we partner together with various stakeholders, whether they be the community, whether they, they be external organizations, whether they be other departments within um, the system? How do we work together for the overall goal? It's not about who takes the credit. It's not about anything more than how do we ensure that, one, we're providing sound care to our patients and that we're providing as much as we can in terms of the resources that our teams need to provide that care. Um, something else that um, beyond the collaboration that I also try to try to include and balance is one, you know, what's happening in the world surrounding us? How can we ensure we're on even keel with what's happening in other organizations? So, you know, that's really about making sure that I invest in the education of my teams. I encourage my leadership team to go to conferences, attend webinars, and so forth, because certainly it's not just about me. It's about ensuring that they are aware of what's going on in the industry so that we can ensure we're at least um, setting the pace, or if not, trying to excel beyond where we currently are today. And so ensuring that your teams have the opportunity to um, go visit, learn, and bring that back is just, just very key because certainly they would expect it in other health institutions. And being a safety net, it's very, very important that we also invest in our leadership teams. And then finally, I, I would say, um, again, just being open. You know, um, I have a saying that I'm slow to say no and quicker to say yes. Because sometimes, even with an idea or a recommendation, you may not be able to take uh, take and implement it all fully, but there's something in it. There's something in it that you can at least take a look at that you may be able to um, invest in and also um, work towards as a potential solution for a challenge that you're seeking. So again, it's it's really about just being very open and and being ready to receive change in whatever form that comes to you. That's pretty powerful. And not only from from a leadership standpoint, leadership redefined, you, you talk about the investment in your teams, your colleagues, which is ultimately an, an investment in our patients and um, 
supporting their family members in, in, in the community. Uh, you, but you aligned with collaboration and the importance of establishing strong partnerships. I was hoping if you could share maybe some examples of whether it be community outreach or specific partnerships that uh, Harris Health is engaged in to truly enhance the overall health um, as it relates to the community in which we live and serve. Well, you know, I can tell you about something that's actually occurring right now. Um, It's regarding our OBAT program, the Office-Based Addiction Therapy Program. These are for patients that are um, use opioid, and um, we're employing addiction therapy to help to wean them off of that. This is an effort that's being led by Dr. Mohamed Zair, who's our Assistant Chief of Staff, as well as Jennifer LeHue, who's our Director of Nursing Strategies within Ambulatory Care. Um, what they've also done is they've partnered with the courts so that they can also provide um, um, addiction therapy for those patients in that population. But more recently, what they've done is they've also partnered with our Healthcare for the Homeless program to ensure those patients also receive access to care, meaning medical care, dental care services that they're not able to readily receive. And so the fact that um, we're working with the courts and also working with a program that's very novel to us, and in addition, working with internally within our own Healthcare for the Homeless program to ensure not only do they receive treatment for the um, addiction that they have, but they also he receive comprehensive care as well. It's just something that, you know, I'm just super excited about. Um, that'll be coming into place at the end of no- November. And with that, um, we're really, really looking forward to the outgrowth of that to really, again, to continue to support those that are in need. That's powerful. It talks, you know, I like to say we are a system of the people in terms of Harris Health, but in terms of the identity of healthcare in general, you know, the goal is to serve everyone and meet them where they are. And that those are just key examples of that as well. So thank you for sharing that. I, I wasn't aware of that, so I appreciate that. You know, I know recently there was an article um, within the Houston Chronicle that really kind of highlighted some of the disparities across uh, different communities uh, within Houston, within Harris County. Um, specifically um, in the community of Sedigas, right, in terms of mortality rates. I was wondering if you could maybe share some insight um, and and a plan of action to really address those and how we are trying to tackle that and improve uh, those outcomes for those individuals. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, You know, Sedigas Health Center is actually a health center that we have within the Sedigas community. And I will tell you, um, it was very concerning to us at Harris Health and in particular in ambulatory care uh, when we read the, the the article that was written by the Chronicle um, based on the research study that was done with um, Rice University as well as Harris County Public Health. Now, what I will say is that um, based on that, it really was a call to action um, for us at, at Harris Health to join with um, Harris County Public Health and many other um, organizations that wanted to be an agent for change in that community and recognizing that it would have to be a long-term change, right? This is not something you can change within a year or two. This is a long-term commitment. And so one of the things we've done is we have partnered with them, um, and it's a a multi-organizational approach to look at how we can better impact those mortality rates in the community. So there are some commitments that we have also given to them that we will be committed to provide. Um, in addition, you know, the the leadership team at Sedigas Health Center themselves 
also wanted to do some work to help improve that because, again, those are their neighbors. Those are their family members. And for some, they grew up in that community as well. And and I will share that we have, pop, uh, we have partnered with the Population Health Department to really look at some internal approaches that we may have to help improve the outcomes of those individuals in that community, one of which is finding out more from the voice of the patient, um, you know, talk to, talking to patients that are in the community of gas that we actively see and just talking to them about what they would like to see, how would they like to receive their health care, what are some things that are positives versus things that are opportunities for us within Harris Health to better support them. Um, one of the next phases that we'll also be looking at is speaking to individuals that live in the SETI gas area that are not our patients and finding out why they're not coming to our health center. And we've been there for many years, for decades, if you will, and we have access. And so the question is, what has occurred that's preventing them from coming to see us and um, accessing the care that we're able to provide. Because again, it's one of our comprehensive health centers that has on-site lab, pharmacy, specialty, primary care, you know, the full gamut of services that are avail- that's available. And, and something else that we've also focused on is that, you know, in order to make this work, we have to get outside of our four walls. Um, there is a history of us being focused on patients once they enter our doors within ambulatory care. But that is changing because I know that my personal focus is that we have to be ingrained within the community in which we serve. And not only can we serve by providing health care, but there are other things that we can do as an ambulatory care family to serve those within our community. So now you're starting to see, in particular in this area, um, our, our team, our leadership team is attending the super neighborhoods meetings. They're going to the health fairs in the communities. They're going out to the churches and visiting the churches. Again, there's still much more to do, but again, much of that approach involves getting outside of our four walls of our building, but actually becoming more embedded in what's occurring within our neighboring communities to ensure that there's visibility to what we're what we have available and what we can offer to them to hopefully include improve their livelihood on a day-to-day basis for themselves as well as their family. You know, you mentioned this taking a multi-organizational approach, but meeting the patients where they are and actually actively engaging and listening to them, right? That's the approach to healthcare and integrated healthcare solutions um, kind of focus. That's those that's powerful and as we continue to evolve, right, as, as we continue to uh, adjust and adapt, I think that's key, right? Meeting not only our patients, but these are this is our community, right? These are our friends. These are our family members. Uh, we have to engage in that light. And I love that we are actively doing that um, to, you know, diminish and hopefully eliminate some of the disparities that we've seen uh, in the past. So thank you for that. Want to learn how to lead with love? Check out the leadership series, Leading with Love. These courses are designed to cultivate leadership among employees and support our transformation to a high-reliability organization. They are held during the first and third week of each month. Visit our learning management system to view the Leading with Love courses and schedule your learning. It's that easy. All Harris Health employees are empowered to lead in our organization. Register today. Speaking of meeting patients where they are and uh, engaging with them, in the ways that they would like to be engaged. 
you know, what other support services are available for those individuals who do not want to come into a clinic or who are um, don't want to engage with their PCP? What, what are the uh, outlets and opportunities to ensure that they're able to, to receive the quality health care that they deserve? Well, you know, we, we do have quite a bit of services that are available for patients that um, just simply don't want to have a relationship with a primary care physician um, and would prefer to have, as I call it, ad hoc care, right? Um, So we do have our same-day clinics, which are essentially walk-in clinics. You know, patients don't feel well, they can get up and they can come in and be seen within one of our three locations. Um, However, um, sometimes patients would rather not, don't necessarily have to come through our doors. Um, If they call our Ask My Nurse line, the nurse and Ask My Nurse will medically triage the patient and they'll determine what type of care they may need. And depending on what's happening with the patient, you know, they may offer some additional um, levels of care that's beyond the nurse's scope to our same day providers that also provide virtual services. So if the the nurse and asthma nurse deems that based on the condition the patient has, it's more appropriate for them to be seen by a physician in the same-day clinic, they'll connect them to a same-day clinic provider for a virtual visit. However, if the condition is more serious than that, um, they can connect the patient to an EC physician in our EC telemedicine program. And and what's been really, really um, exciting about our EC telemedicine program is that what from what we've seen, about 76% of the patients that have been transitioned from to the EC telemedicine program have been able to have their conditions met without having to be sent to the EC in, for a physical visit. And that is just outstanding because in the past, those same patients, if they couldn't be seen by the same day physician or the nurse and asthma nurse, they would be told to go to the nearest EC. Now we have an option in place where they can still remain on at home and on site and speak to their EC physician who can provide care to them. And again, 76% of those patients do not have to leave and go to a physical EC to be seen for services. So again, um, this is one of the many programs that we're also looking to expand in the next few months so that we can continue to provide that program over the weekends and also expand our hours of operations to later in the evening as well. Wow, that's powerful. That's outstanding. So one of the things I I want to highlight and smile about, Dr. Small, is a fantastic news that the $2.5 billion bond uh, for Harris Health is passed in Harris County. Uh, This is remarkable. It's a remarkable achievement. I'd love to to hear from you. you. You can share your excitement about what this means specifically for the people of Harris County uh, in terms of healthcare access and the services provided, not only by, you know, Harris Health System, but the work of, the co- of our colleagues, the work that they do each and every day. And also, you know, how this will bring about positive changes and benefits to the overall community. Sure. Well, we are thrilled. You know, we're still on our high. We know it all happened in November, but we are just absolutely excited about this because this is a true game changer for the residents of Harris County. Um, This means that now we will have expanded access to care services um, at the LBJ campus, in addition at the Bentob campus, as well as our ambulatory sites. Um, One, we'll also have new infrastructure 
That's something we are in dire need of um, at all three pavilions. It's just been a challenge of, of trying to ensure that not only we provide uh, quality care, but also have adequate infrastructure to provide the care in and to be able to have the funds available to provide the necessary changes to get new facilities, upgraded facilities, refurbished facilities, whatever you would like to call it. That's just something that we're just thrilled to continue to pursue. But what it also means is that we'll also be able to provide expanded services in areas of Harris County where we just don't have a sufficient footprint or we don't have a presence at all. And so with that, again, we'll be able to expand and provide the primary care, specialty care, and also that those wraparound services in various areas of the county from East, East Harris County, Northwest Harris County, as well as Southwest Harris County, where we'll be adding three additional locations. In addition, we'll be able to transition our same-day clinics to urgent care clinics. And the benefit of that is that we'll now be able to provide same day, those same-day level services at a facility that has access to on-site lab, on-site imaging, and also on-site pharmacy. Because where our same-day clinics tend to be located, they don't have access to that. And we're having to send patients from our same-day sites to a nearby health center to get additional lab work or to get imaging work. And, you know, that's just not tenable for patients that have transportation barriers. And then after hours, because those services are not available at our same-day clinics and the health center is closed, we're directing patients to go to the EC when they could be very well managed at that local site if we had access to those services. So again, the ability to, one, provide services where it's needed and also to minimize patients having to go back and forth to really, you know, um, update the infrastructure that we're currently providing services is just something that we're just thrilled about. And we absolutely thank our Harris County residents and taxpayers and those of you that voted to help to support this initiative. Agreed. Agreed. I'm smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> so again, Dr. Small, I want to thank you I, I, for spending some time just talking about not only your vision, uh, about the, the amazing services that uh, we provide through ACS and our other uh, complimentary programs. You know, I know you shared um, that you're a Houstonian, right? And, and it's actually you graduated high school here in Houston, uh, earned multiple degrees from the University of Texas at Austin, Hook them, uh, and also earned your MBA at the University of Houston. I want to ask you this, you know, I always like to ask this and end, but why? General question of why. And that question is, what is your personal why? Why do you do the work you do? And why do you choose why do you choose to do it for Harris Health? Well, you know, it's it's not a complicated answer. Um, it's because I was once a patient who was being served in institutions such as Harris Health. You know, you see the the disparity um, growing up when you hear things from your family about, you know, being very careful. You know, we don't have insurance. You know, you can't do that. You can't, you know, climb a tree or some certain things that, you know, when you're a kid, you want to be free, right? But there are certain things you had to keep in mind because we just didn't have the means. And um, very early on, I had an interest in health care, whether that be math and science, and knew that 
I would want to work um, in the healthcare space because who doesn't? If you you grew up in Houston, you know, the Texas Medical Center is well renowned, right? But at some point, I, I wanted to make that transition from providing direct clinical care to transitioning into leadership because I felt like I could provide the most level of support to more individuals by making that transition. And I'm just thrilled that I did it. Um, I absolutely love what I do. You know, I wake up early and I work late, but I don't mind because I absolutely love what I do. I still have family members that are actually um, patients at Harris Health, friends that I've grown up with that are also um, patients at Harris Health. So that's, that's the driver is that every person deserves quality care. Right. Um, your lot in life, how much you have or don't have shouldn't determine how healthy you are. Right. That's something that we all deserve to have. And so as much as I can to to do to stress that and help to push programs and initiatives to support that is, is what I do. Um, and I, I couldn't imagine being in a space that's not in, in, related to public health, because, again, that's that is the the part of healthcare that I most enjoy is how can I help resolve and fix that puzzle piece? Right. How can I put it all together? How can I bring everyone to the table so that we can ultimately come in to some resolution to solve the problem at hand? Wow. I think that says it all. Um you mentioned that you love this, right? And I, I think that's the that's the benefit. We get to live this. We love this. So thank you, Dr. Jennifer Small. You're someone I, I call a colleague, but more importantly, you're someone I, I think of as a friend. Thank you for leading with love. Thank you for your commitment to not only Harris County, Harris Health System, uh, but to the greater community. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'm smiling right now. Can't you tell? I'm <laughs> yes, smiling. I can. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Harris Health Heartbeat. Join us next month for another inspiring and enlightening conversation. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify so you don't skip a beat. And be sure to view the courses on our learning management system to learn how you too can lead with love.